Hello, friends. Nico here from the Geek Cast Live, and you are proudly listening to the Movie Podcast Network. Hey there, Cartoon Joe here. If you like what we do, head on over to Patreon.com for special extras and crispy num-nums that you can get for just a few dollars a month. That's Patreon.com slash GeekCastLive. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes or YouTube or follow us on SoundCloud. Be sure to comment, like, review, leave cynical comments, or call Nick mean names. He likes when you do that. Like books? Hate to read? Have ears? Like to listen? Well, we have a solution. Audible.com, where there's over like a million or something books that you can listen to with your ears. Go to audible.com slash geekcastlive for a nice kick in the pants. We'll do it live! It's a trap! Subreddit. Gatorade of, not only quenches your thirst better, it tastes better too. Of, of the main Reddit, which is GeekCast. Gatorade. I am your host, GCR, Gatorade. and with me as always, Rob Bass. Not Cartoon Joe. That is right, Cartoon And Nico. Cartoon Joe is, uh, Cartoon Joe. We've, there's a rumor we lost him to Frog Hamper. Now it's well, he had to go back and pay his unpaid library fine. <laughs> it's unsubstantiated, mm-hmm. but there's a supposedly there was a, a parking ticket and uh, and he still has a fine. Frog hamper witchcraft. He has a fine from when he wore his guns in town. I mean, and no one's saying you can't own a gun, and no one's saying you can't carry a gun. You just can't carry guns in town. And uh, Joe didn't understand that, so he has a fine to pay there. From what we hear, it's unsubstantial. Hmm. Yeah. Allegedly, Virgil Earp is still the sheriff of Frog Hamper. Yes. I uh, yeah no that sounds right. Uh, last I checked, which was eighteen twenty six. No, it was probably six <laughs> months ago. I think it was Virgil Earp the fourth. Mm. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> Oh, uh, shite. It's been a, uh, it's been a, it's been a whirlwind for me since we last talked, gentlemen. Yeah, you've, I've heard. You've, you've been on the, uh, the, the multiverse vision quest. I have been. It's the darkest timeline. Um, Truly. Uh, found myself with some fellow uh, sophisticants down in southern Illinois at Deer Camp. Well, no, no, you just, you just did like one of those double negative deals. Equal. I said fella and then sophisticated. sophisticated. Deer well, no, you said sophisticants and then Southern Illinois. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we were a stone's throw away from Cape Girardeau. Um, Been there, Hurricane Haven. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Tornado or something. And uh, cyclones. Is it cyclones? I don't know. They got inland, their ass kicked by inland something. hurricanes for sure. The old, the old inland hurricanes, which is a great yeah. high school mascot. That is a like the great like band the, name like too. the Chisicaw, like the the Chisicaw Ridge Inland Hurricanes, blue, <laughs> blue and yellow would be their colors. That sounds about right. We have a high school mascot in my d- conference here that is the pretzels. The pretzels. The pretzels. Yeah. We have one uh, in ours called the hot dogs. Really? Mm-hmm. 
It begs the question as to what they were beforehand to have made them got changed to that. Because they done well, got changed, and that, that and you know things are they did. Gone wrong you know that they had to have. You know, you, you know. They, there's no way that that school was founded, and that was their mascot. There's no way. I uh, refuse what, to believe it. What was that it. one down by where Juke used to live in Barry? Uh, well, was it the Peking Chinks? It, it was the Peking Chinks. Uh, P e k i n g. They were the Peking Chinks, which is. Amazing Wrong. that it was ever it's allowed to exist. So many ways. <laughs> they are they are no That's longer brutal. the Peking Chinks. Shocker. Um, but I can't I cannot remember what they uh and we're not laughing at, at racial to. slang here. We're just mocking the uh academic system that allows these things to happen. They were changed to something and it wasn't they were the Peking Chinks for they, tell me they're the ducks time. now. Tell me they're the ducks. Yeah, that's exactly what I was hoping. Actually, well, should, like that was exactly what I was they, hoping. They, shouldn't they, they should be, be really? Yeah. <laughs> See, there's a I just I was actually I was looking for their mascot's I, just a big bottle of soy sauce. Yeah, the Peking High School Chinks. Uh let's see here. Uh they are now the dragons. They're the Peking Dragons. Yeah, uh, okay. not far off. And they got a, much better than it's a, and it's like a the cool, jinx, though, like, by, by leaps and bounds. It's like, well, that's, I don't even think it's, man, the, that's, it's not the most controversial one that's on this CBSnews.com uh, controversial mascots, even. I would, I, I, I'm going to have to say that the Coachella Valley Arabs. That's a, that's, Pretty on the nose. We uh, have uh, we have out here, yeah, we have Arabs out here, but it's A apostrophe R A B S. I don't know what it's for. I mean, I know, I know the school, but I don't know what that's supposed to symbolize. Uh, it's not. It has nothing to do with like Arab. Sure. It's Arabs. Is it horses? Like Arabians? Maybe. I mean, there's Ooh, a lot of those in Rockford. No, they're known for their. <laughs> they're Arabian horses. Well, they're yeah, that they're strong sense. horsemanship. <laughs> the uh, it's it's, yeah, it's an absolute shit show out out of, here as far as school mascots. It's we've a joke. got uh, we have Indiana is filled with uh, majority of Indiana. Actually, I'm sure it's probably every Midwest state is the un unoriginal uh, like whatever mascot falls out of the hat. Like oh, the Maryville Pirates, which makes no sense. Um, the Rensselaer Bombers and the, the Frankfurt Hot Dogs, which the mascot is like a dachshund. The worst, though, the weirdest one, actually, is the Logansport, Indiana Berries. Hmm. They're uh, B-E-R-R-I-E-S? -E B-E-R-R-I-E-S. They're much like the, the, uh, the Phoenix Suns embodiment of the sun is a gorilla, which makes... <laughs> Almost no sense at at all, as Joe would say. That makes twenty five cents. Um, <laughs> the Logansport Berries mascot is Felix the Cat. That's. I feel like there's. Isn't some there like a, I was going to just say going on there. Oh, yours is actually Arabs. Mm -hmm. I just saw what you sent me. Yeah, how about that mascot? That's boy. It's amazing. I, it makes me, yeah, I'm, I, it makes I you wonder. Where, I forget we're on live radio because I almost yeah, threw some other stuff out there. It makes you wonder what school board said, like, yeah. what, what school board, like, rubber stamped that? 
Yeah, and 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 got that mascot costume made. Yeah, and what? See, that's the thing is like when when our local and I think I've talked about this before. When our local school was was uh, they were combining a bunch of elementary schools, they kind of had a hey, what should we name the school? And I wanted it to be the Fighting Kevin Costners, which I think right. would be good because at the very least you have the framed cease and desist letter in the office. And you just call it whatever you want to call it. But you 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 go with that. You go with fighting Kevin Costner's until he stops you or you say, we appreciate that you've taken interest in our school. Would you mind coming to the school? And then you get like pictures with Kevin Costner and stuff. That right. school, totally no weird. one liked the idea. It's ridiculous. Um, just speaking of, they're, of they're Illinois. The, they're the foxes now, just so you know. <laughs> mm. uh, Speaking of Illinois, uh, Centralia, uh, their their mascot is the Orphans. The Orphans. Oh, that is magnificent. Yeah. The Centralia <laughs> Orphans. Yep. Could you imagine <laughs> going to any sporting event? The uh, Cobden, Illinois Apple Farmers. Well, there's the Hoopston Corn Jerkers. There's no chance that there's Hoopston Corn Jerkers. I promise you. Wrestled them in high school. Uh, wait a second! I just yeah. saw them, and it looks like a a stalk of corn dribbling a basketball and rubbing one out is what I'm They're, seeing. That's you're about right. That's the corn jerker. Why does the corn have a like a face wop hair? I know, face I know. In, a, in a sweet wig. Hoopston, yeah. yeah, that's that's down by you guys. Yeah, Hoopston's not Hoopston's not very far away from me at all. Corn jerkers is tremendous. That's magical. Yeah, they are. Uh, Somehow that got okayed, but districts away, the fighting Kevin Costners did not. Yeah, and Nick, you are you are exact. And then and their uh, uh, their thing is uh, fear the ear. Uh, I would. That's that's weird. Yeah, I have a. That's not. I okay. have my local. I have my my alma mater's uh, mascot tattooed on my leg. You know, because I was really nobody. Nobody gets. That's that what I'm saying. Way. Who gets the corn jerker? Oh. oh man! I mean, it's not even like a corn husker. You know. Right. No, the it's 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 the jerker. jerker. It's the word jer- the word jerker, which is well, I'm going to start using as a put down. <laughs> uh, How did we get on this subject? Oh, I was talking. We were talking about Cape Girardeau cyclones, inland hurricanes. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I got to watch the OG cook uh, uh, poached eggs uh, inside of a Dutch oven filled with corned beef hash, uh, with the heat source being an old, uh, like diesel fuel tank that had a hole cut in the side of it where you put logs in it. Okay. And uh, hmm. to, to to get it hot enough to actually do anything to the shit in the Dutch oven. Uh, I boy, there's so many. I mean, there's just <laughs> nope. It, Freudian bet... <laughs> slips abound in this episode. I've never seen him so hot <laughs> in my life. His eyes were melting. That's how hot it was around the fucking. Like I was watching this, the hair on his arm singe when he lifted the lid off the Dutch oven. <laughs> he had seven thousand logs in this thing, and it was just, it was hotter. <laughs> Then fuck. 
<laughs> and you know him. He has his cooking apron. Right. He has a, he wears a uh, like a chef's scarf now, which is which is cool. His fireman um, gloves. His flame hardened wear. But then you get done with it and you got like a cool like it's a perfectly poached egg and some crispy corned beef hash with some he had like a mango hot sauce ghost pepper thing that was delicious. And uh I mean you gotta hand it to him. He 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 turned out a, he turned out a hell of a breakfast. But boy, did he fucking survive it. He, he, he worked for it. <laughs> then it's 6 o'clock in the morning. The sun's out. It's like 60 degrees on December 2nd. And uh, me and, and, me and Dad and uh, Uncle Kirk and the Juke are outside. We're drinking bourbon, uh, laughing. We're right outside the cabin. And out of the trees, you hear, uh, you hear some guy say, Why don't you just bring your party out here to the fucking tree stand? I'll stare away all the deer. Like what? Excuse me. And he he comes out of his tree stand and he's got a, he's got a gun, and he's walking out of the woods and he's like, "Why don't you just bring your fucking party out to my fucking tree stand? You may as well. You're scaring away all the deer from where you're at. Use your fucking heads." And we're like, "Dude, just a random guy, random guy." We're like, dude, you, your fucking tree stand's like ten feet off the property line next to a fucking <laughs> cabin. Where there's like, <coughs> like you're ten feet off the property line, also by like a, a semi busy road. What did you? Right, if like the, I, if the cars don't scare them away. Right, Kirk's kind of feeling some remorse because he's a hunter, and that's you know that would oh boy you know that kind of sucks if we ruined your hunt. And I'm like, six o'clock in the morning, motherfucker. I'm having a buffalo trace and lemon, and move your tree stand. Yeah, that one wasn't too well thought out. He no, has very, very, very limited hunting rights to that property. <laughs> He's got the he owns like three square feet. <laughs> which isn't enough. Not usually. Truly. Unless you're knife hunting. <laughs> which is truly an art that has been <laughs> it lost. It really is. It really is. I, I feel the need to give some uh some screen time here to uh Fishers, Illinois. Home of the bunnies. The, not the rabbits or the hares or the jackrabbits. Nope. The, the bunnies. Bunnies. Mm. Just thought, thought we'd throw that out there. That's that's weak. You can't get hyped for that. No. Like, what are the are they the like, fighting bunnies? No, nope, that's they're just no, they're just the bunnies. Hmm. They may as well be the Fisher's Tinkerbells. Oh, and uh, up here by me, South Beloit, which is actually in Illinois, uh, they're the Sobos. The Sobos? Yeah. South Beloit. Uh-huh. No, that, that doesn't even work. Would that'd that be, be the, the that'd Sobies? Be the, that'd be the Sobies, yep. So what's a Sobo? Got me. <laughs> What's a what's the University of Southern Illinois? It's a type of noodle. Is that the Saluki? It's a Saluki, which I think is a dog. I think a, yeah, a Saluki is a dog. That's, that's one of my favorite, actually one of my favorite, uh, small college, like directional college school mascots. It's up there. The Saluki. Boy, I could do I, this. Forever. I'm totally, I'm totally down this rabbit hole right now. What what are you googling? Like, Illinois high school mascots? Yeah. <laughs> The, the Genoa Cogs. 
What? Genoa Kingston, which is in Chicagoland. Cogs. Cog, like a shoe? Not clogs. Cogs. No, cogs. Oh, like, like, in, a, like, like in a wheel. In a wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, South Beloit Sobos, which is not even, yeah. Uh-huh. Not the Sobies. What does a Sobo look like? Let's quote, let's search this. I don't know if that's a thing you can ask. If <laughs> no, I They, they have to have a I mascot, like don't they? Oh, their mascot looks like Do Guy they? Fieri. Strange. Yeah, that sounds about oh, right. Oh, I actually saw a... There's a fucking comedian who uh, uh, does a thing about why everybody gives him so much shit. That, it was actually... It, okay. it, it, was, it was very humorous. I, Indiana has none that are funny, dude. I'm like, it's all the entire of Indiana. It's, it's either <laughs> no, they're either Tigers, Indians, Jets, <clears throat> Panthers, Eagles, Bulldogs, Lions, or oh, we do have or well, we have the Golden or Bison. 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 We had Broncos with an H. We actually have a Fighting Irish. Hmm. The George Washington Community High School Continentals. All right. Oh, here's that a good one. one. Land well. Here's a good one. Northwest High School in Indianapolis. They're the space pioneers. That's awesome. <laughs> Your ass hurts. That is, that is amazing. <laughs> top 10, I, top I would, 10 school I like mascots of all time. I would not to play varsity sports just so I could be the mascot and run they're around whatever the hell that suit is. They're the space pioneers. I can only imagine. You, got, you, look, you look like a Puritan, but you've got like, yeah. uh, like, uh, like a space gun and rocket boots. Um, just to clarify, the, the South like Beloit Sobos, their mascot looks just like the Florida State Seminole. So it's an Indian. The yep. Sobo is an Indian. Yep. There's the uh, Speedway High School spark plugs. Makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, let's see here. Braves, Warriors, Tigers. I mean, we're, it's so unoriginal. It's there is there is well, I mean. Indiana isn't necessarily known for its originality. And that's, I think the only good thing that we had was Vlanagat. That's cool. I mean, that's true. Huskies. Here's one. The uh, the Faith Heritage Christian School? No mascot. They just have none. <laughs> Can't have any idols laying around. Um, Hold on. The Indiana Virtual School are the vanguards. What the fuck is that? The Virtual School? Yeah. Uh, uh the shout out to um to our our Arizona listeners um the Yuma criminals <laughs> okay i've had enough no no we've got a guest in 1910 after a fire damaged yuma school the city used a converted prison for a few years a rival school diversively dubbed them the criminals and the name stuck what are there? Are they just? Is their color just orange? I can't see a picture of it yet. Black and white. I hope their stripe. uniforms are just orange. And I uh, hope I'm, all. I'm, the... I'm going through all the states of like the worst in each state: California, Napa, California, the Vintage Crushers. Vintage Crushers. Yep. Jesus Christ. Uh, Colorado, the Melaniers. <laughs> Not the melanomas. Nope. They're from Rocky Ford, the Rocky Ford Meloneers. And uh, my p personal favorite, Joe, wherever you are in Frog Hamper, 
How far is that from Avon Old Farms? Because they are the winged beavers. <laughs> That's that too is magnificent. Uh, you know what? Hold on. This is awesome. What a segue to cryptozoology. Isn't it? I'm saying. That's bad. That's bad. What you did there, Nick, was wonderful. It's all part of our of our majesty, I guess. The magic plan. The winged, <laughs> the winged beavers. The winged. I bet they say winged. Yeah. I th- you would I, have I to because it's... it's fucking hello? Connecticut. Hello, hey. sir. Hello, hello. What's up, Welcome, guy? winged beaver. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Not much, sir. We How are, are you? Uh, We're pre- pretty good. Pretty good. Just here uh, coming back from Santa Monica. So you are in yeah. California. Okay, we are looking at... Um, because this is what we do, uh, most bizarre high school mascots. Okay. So I, the California winner that I'm reading here is the uh, Napa Vintage Crushers uh-huh. from Napa High School. Just to, I don't know anything about that. I went to high school in Miami, so I don't know anything about anything. It has, oh, to, do with Miami. It has to do with California. <laughs> First and foremost, uh, are you and yours out in California all good with the fires? Yeah, we don't even notice it, to be honest. Uh, okay. So we're, we've been getting a lot of messages, people asking us if everything is on fire, and I send them photos of, like, perfectly blue skies. So, you know, L.A. is just so massive that you could just not even notice a nuclear bomb if it's a little north. Well, so, the, the Internet's making it seem like you live in Mordor. Yeah, you know, and it looks like <laughs> I've seen videos of even my friends going, like, hey, this is right outside my house. And I don't see anything. I don't smell anything. I don't even see smoke. So it's odd. Ooh. Yeah, and I'm in downtown, so I'm right in the center, and I just don't see anything. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm, I'm glad you're doing well. Yeah. Thank you, sir, for sure. Well, uh, I since, am Rob. Yeah, go ahead, I'm Rob. I'm fellow that's been uh, conversing with you uh, for the last uh, couple of hours today. Awesome. Uh, uh, let's see. We've got Ryan on the show. He is the host here. Hello, sir. Hello. And Nick, who Nick, Nico. Yeah, what what are you doing there, Rob? I think it's making something. I think up. it's just Nick. Nick. I'll be Nick. No. Thanks for joining us. Nick. Great to have you. Totally, I'm uh, very honored. Thank you guys for having me. So, grew up in Miami. Yes, sir. Born and raised. No, I was born in Colombia. So I even better. Yeah, I was born over there, and then, uh, but I've been. I was in Miami since I was basically. I think like around one years old, one year old, and uh, yeah, Miami. Miami is very different, you know, than LA. There's like no geek culture there at all. It's parties, drugs. It's Scarface, you know. Of course, right? Yeah. Perfect. So there was just nothing there. So like for me, the thought of like Comic Con or anything like that was like, oh my god, does that actually exist? So uh, yeah, world away. Miami's is no fun. Yeah, if you're into this type of stuff, it was a great time. But yeah. <laughs> so, how how did you get from how did you get from Miami to doing all the the VFX stuff that you've done in in Hollywood? I mean, how how does that how does that journey happen? Uh, I start well. I started when I was around high school. I got really into graffiti art. Like I was painting all these murals and I was the guy that usually would do the monsters or the creatures at the end of the letters, you know? So you see like a graffiti piece and there's the fancy letters and on the sides you would see the creatures. 
And that was what I was attracted to the most. And that was my creative outlet back in Miami. And then I got into web design and I was spending all my money on fucking Bubba Fett toys and Darth, you know, Darth Vader and as you should the universal monster stuff. And one day as I'm looking around, I'm like, (laughs) why am I buying so many toys? I'm compensating for something that I want to be doing that I'm not doing. And I re- I was like, I got to move to L.A. and I got to go to school to do creatures. Like, this is what I actually love to do. It's not doing web design. I was do- making good money, uh, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. And I uh, packed up everything. I sold my house and I moved out to L.A. to go to the school called Noman in, uh, in Hollywood. And it's a just a general kind of uh, visual arts school or is it specifically for... They're very much a visual effects school. Okay. Effects, it's a visual yeah. effects school. And I went there, my focus was, you know, I wanted to, to, to be, I wanted to work for Phil Tippett. That was my goal. I wanted to work for the guy that, that basically created the Rancor and all the creatures in the original Star Wars movie. He was like, my God. And I was like, I want to go there. I want to get really good at doing creatures. And I want to go work for Phil Tippett. That was the game plan. That's the dream. That's yeah. the dream. Nice, yeah. nice, and, nice and specific, too. Yeah, well, he's focused he's the target. Guy. Yeah, Star Wars was the one that, as a kid, it was like holy shit. In particular, the, the the one that everyone seems to hate on Return of the Jedi was the one that blew me away. Because who hates on hate. Return? Everybody hates on the Ewoks. That's yeah. that's haters. That's gonna a hate, good reason man. to hate on it. Yeah, but the Ewoks, you know, they're little crazy fuckers. They were about to eat them. <laughs> that's yeah, true. Like people are like the Ewoks are like these nice little things that could never defeat the Empire. But if you think about it, they were about to eat Luke. So they're little fuckers. So when when you get enough of them together, they're a menace. They're a menace, yeah. So that was it. So I I went to school there and I got out of there and I just started doing preacher stuff for movies. That was that was it for a while. But I think I knew the first day of work, I was like, you know what? I don't think I was meant to do visual effects. I wanna get into this. I'm gonna stay here for a while, but I really wanna do my own stuff. So I was already doing like stop motion stuff uh, before I moved out to LA. Like I started already building armatures and doing uh, stop. That was, I think, I thought that's what I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to do stop motion. I thought maybe I wanted to do traditional animation, but that's when there was the big crash when everybody got laid off of Disney and everybody was saying, you know, 2D animation is dead, stop motion. Really, there wasn't that much stuff back then. Not that there's that much today but so i was like you know let's just do let's do aisle well at the time i thought stop motion, I, stop motion king so i was like uh i figured i could maybe do stop motion but clearly it was a uh, it was all going digital so yeah so you had a cool kind of trial and error learning curve though i mean you're yeah. getting your hands on a little bit of everything to figure out your path well, I think it's important to know all this stuff anyway, so I'm glad I went. I, I took the long route in a way. For those of you in listener land, we're having a discussion right now with Miguel Ortega, uh, visual effects. I'm gonna after watching his project, I'm gonna say visual effects. I would God, say wizard, uh, yeah, writer and producer, Arcmade. of uh, of a, a little. I guess I'm gonna say a little short film called The Nino. Yeah, director, okay. director too, director as well, and. Yeah. Um, I got to tell you, we were, uh, at least Nick and I had conversation after watching it. Um, you know, our first, com- our first question was, you know, what's the budget 
on something like that, you know, um, because the production value was so well done. And, you know, I guess in my head, every time, and it's, I think it, it, I know it's my fault. I see short film that's on YouTube and I think it's um, like a student film or it's going to be uh, low end stuff like Dave makes a maze, which is really good. Um, and then I watched the making of video that's on YouTube and I was fucking blown away. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, you guys do a lot with a little, I was in this, like I was <laughs> impressed. I was blown the fuck away. I mean, the 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 one panel of wood that you guys used for every shot that involved the like the one plank of wood. Oh, the pallet, yeah, yeah, the cave, that was, the cave pallet. That yeah. was so good. I mean, it was awesome. It was so the floor. Just, it was the all floor. done. It was everything? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a tiny little piece. And if you go back and you look at the shots of the dead snake, you'll recognize the pallet when he's walking on the floor and the glass is cracking. It's the same pallet, so. Yeah, we had to we had to we had to figure out how to do it. You know, we went through basically the whole checklist of all the stupid things you shouldn't do on a short film. Like don't do a period film, don't do a lot of locations, <laughs> don't speak it in a language that you don't speak. So here we're doing half of it in Japanese. Like we're going through all the list of things not to do. <laughs> and you know, we did that kind of intentional. We had done a short film before and we uh we started meeting with producers and everything, which we weren't expecting, but it was very much a visual effects short. And they were like, how do you deal with actors? How can you deal with a budget, blah, blah, blah. So we kind of purposely made this short for producers. It's not really uh, film festival friendly. It's a longer short. It's really made to be like, hey, look what we can make with very little money. So we I, was just gonna, I was just gonna ask that because I, I don't really know, you know, when you make a, a, a short film if you're not chasing kind of the award circuit is it just a, a, a as a piece of art is it like for fun so to speak a labor of love or or how does how do you decide that this is how you want to manifest you know whatever your vision is well we we didn't think that film festivals would be so against longer shorts but they really are against longer shorts. So we, we they've always told us it's not a good thing to make them over 10 minutes, but we thought, ah, you know, it's probably not that big a deal. It is a very big deal. So <laughs> they really don't like long shorts at all. Uh, but really the goal was let's really do this so we could find one, a really good agent to help us find work because without an agent, you're just dead in the water, right? You're just a, posting something on Vimeo you're getting a bunch of likes at the end. That's it. So if you don't have the agent and you don't have the manager, you're kind of screwed, which sucks because that's just such a important piece of the puzzle. So that was uh, goal one. And then two is, of course, having something that's good enough for that agent or manager to show to producers and, and you know, for them to be impressed with what we did, which, which turned out to be pretty good. So, uh, yeah, we got that. We got, uh, we signed with, uh, with this agency called CAA, which is like one of the big ones. It's the biggest one, which we weren't, you know, we weren't expecting that. We're like the pond scum there. We're like the tadpoles. You know, they represent like J.J. Abrams and, and James Cameron and Spielberg. And we're like, oh, man. we're like, hey, Whoa. hey guys. yeah. So we're like, this, you know, we're, we are without a doubt the shittiest car that's ever pulled up to that building in the history of CAA. <laughs> yeah. 
Whatever we pull up there, they probably think we got to the wrong location or we're there for the valet parking job. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Now, so, so be, being a, the, the, the Star Wars guy that you are, yeah, I'm going to make a leap and say that uh, in 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 this short film, there are a lot of there are a lot of creatures that don't have a uh, we don't know the name or the origin of them. My yeah. guess is is that uh, you do know their names and origins. Yeah, well, most of the creatures are anagrams of my mom's name, so all of them are are named after my mom in some way or another, with the exception of the Nino and uh, and the Melusine. Sure. But the rest of them were named after my mom. We did write a history of every creature, and we, you know, we we created a whole myth or whatever. But uh, just to troll my mom, I usually name every ugly thing after her just to fuck with her. The 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 <laughs> the, the, the like the badass carnivorous rabbit with the with like the the back fins thing. Yeah, that's called that, the Ingrid. That's a what? That's called the Ingrid. That's literally just her name straight up, but we just, just spelled Ingrid. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah, but we, people call it like the cat monkey because it's like a Cthulhu. It's we, it's kind of a cat mixed with a monkey mixed with like an octopus red kind of predator hair. Yeah. Gotta love the, the predator. The creature hair. design is absolutely phenomenal in this like you truly went above and beyond like what were some of your inspirations for like these creatures specifically well i think or did you just like design them and just animate them from there no so so what we really tried to do and on the design side we did have some friends jump in and do drawings that we could use as a as a basis because we just started realizing like holy crap this is becoming way too big for just my, my my wife and i to do this so we need to delegate some of the work uh, all our friends are just the guys that work on in the industry. So they're like, hey, we'll give you a few designs and you could use them. So we would just pick the best of them. Some of them we would just design ourselves. Um, but the the main thing was we didn't want anything to feel like Star Wars or like Men in Black, for example. We wanted everything to feel much more grounded. Like you mm-hmm. might be able to find this stuff in you know Thailand or Brazil or Colombia or something like that. So we really tried to make it. The word we used a lot was plausible. It had to feel right. grounded. We never wanted to go so fantastical that you would think like, oh, that looks like, you know, Mikey from Men in Black or something like that. We wanted it to always feel like it could exist. I think you guys nailed it. It was a great, uh, a great, um, I guess, level to shoot for. I like your guys' use of uh, like darkness throughout the film too to uh, fill in a lot of like uh, force the uh, viewer to fill in a lot of space on their own. Yeah, what does it imagine? What does it say in the in the makeup video? Like a like a wood paneling. Let your mind fill in the, that there's wood walls. Yeah. And actually, and in the making of video, and I was like, you know, that yeah, that works. That's crazy. Yeah, so a lot of people like to use a lot of green screen, and we hate it. We hate using green screen. We like to use a lot of just black fabric and fog, and we just we just realize like, hey, if we just put a little hint of a highlight of wood, you'll just assume that hey, the whole movie's kind of dark. That's just a dark wood wall, and it's just a black piece. It's a tarp that we bought in the fabric district in downtown for five bucks or something. 
So we just like to do that. And we kind of looked at the Godfather a lot for, for inspiration as how they light a lot of their scenes. And a lot of their, their scenes are just black. Like they just let things fall to black and fuck, you're not going to find a more beautiful looking movie than the Godfather. I just told my wife that tonight. That's no shit. No, it's incredible. I actually but... said that, that exact, like, it's like you were in the house. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a beautiful movie. It looks incredible. I think it's Gordon Willis, and they called him, I think, the Prince of Darkness because of that. So that's, that was the goal. We're like, let's do a lot of that, and let's just put fog, fog, fog. I wanted to be the, you know, I wanted to compete with Blade Runner in terms of the amount of fog used on a film. We just, we just fogged Ambitious. Up. Yeah. We just fogged everything up. And it, it became such a running joke that everybody in the crew wanted to make like the crew shirt, like the fog machine that we use because we just went through them. We were just, they would just, we would run, we'd, they'd basically die of use and we'd have to buy another like, one and another one. 36% of your budget was fog machines fog machine yeah but they're like crappy like raver fog machines for 20 bucks that's why they died yeah everything was 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 low budget how, how big is a crew because cool, you oh, sorry Nick. i was just when, when you talk about budgeting and kind of a small project how big of a crew did you have on this project well we never had the same amount of crew every day so the shot that you guys were talking about with the door opening, if you look at that shot, the making of the actors literally turning off the camera after the shot. Yeah. So we didn't even have the cinematographer in that day. The actor was controlling the camera. <laughs> so, that, I mean, that's insane, right? Kind of an all hands on deck. It's all hands on deck. Deal. So every time it would be different. If there happened to be somebody there, now somebody will, f they'd be the ones pulling focus. And it wasn't like, Oh, you're a first, you're a camera operator. If it was my brother, you know, he's delivering pizzas. He was a focus puller. You know what I mean? Like whoever was there was going to do what they had to do. We had an amazing cinematographer whenever we had to do like big dialogue scenes or, or, or the more difficult scenes, he was, he was always there. But the simple stuff that we knew was just like an insert or like a B-roll shot. It was just with whoever was there. Uh, sometimes it, there was a, there's a couple of shots that you see a hand writing. I, it's in the, in the intro credits. That's just me recording myself writing on a piece of paper. So there's only one person that day. Filming. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm the, I'm the hand, I'm the guy, you know, recording, I'm the one lighting it. It's just one person. I really enjoyed the whole scene from that as well with the, uh, the hats on sticks are cheaper than extras. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And you know, it worked great. And that's, you know, when we were looking at a lot of the behind the scenes stuff of even Star Trek, the J.J. Abrams film, and we saw how many cheap tricks he used where like, you know, let's not make this all about CG. Let's try to do a lot of stuff that's just in-camera trickery. Like, let's just put hats on sticks. Fuck it. You know, and I so think, much better. It's so much better. <laughs> it, it works though. It's great. Yeah, it works great. And I think if you jump between the CG stuff and then the real stuff, and then you go back to CG, you're kind of keeping the audience on their toes, and they're not really sure what they're looking at because they're like, "Wait, is that all CG?" No, there's no way. Because now look at this one, and then you go back to an all CG shot, and now they're like, "Wait a minute, you see what I mean?" So you're just constantly changing the medium up. That way, you can never really pinpoint it, and that's what we tried to do. 
but it's blended seamlessly too on top of that. Like you do very well with your texturing and your art. So it, it just looks very smooth. Nothing's obviously CG for the most part. Like even with your creatures, like you said, you're grounded and they, they, they've got a real feel to them. Thank you. Thanks. I mean, it's the, okay. uh, yeah. the uh, couple things that stood out to me were the, I, I'm calling them, um, uh, I'm calling them Celis's orcish corsairs because uh-huh. uh, i don't know what else to fucking call them you mean the guy the guys on the the guys with the masks yeah like up on the balcony were they that's yeah. not see that were they masks or were they just some sort of creature he found no that's it's what a i mask. didn't know all right it, we so we created a, a, a buddy of ours dan chazinski is an amazing artist that we actually had never met before this project he wrote to us he's like hey i want to be a part of this he uh, sculpted this amazing Indian like Sikh, Sikh mask, and we put it put it on a turban. We had to go find all the the turban accessories. So that's a thing that we didn't know about. And if you've ever seen like a Sikh warrior turban, they're amazing. They have like all these weapons stuck inside of the turban. So that turban is not just this cool looking thing it actually where they store all their weapons so there's like ninja stars or the equivalent of ninja stars there's these circular blades that they use to hold the fabric together but you pull it out and it's basically like a tron weapon like the disc but it'll cut your throat so we bought all that stuff from a guy in in london and we just constructed this this uh these warriors and we just stuck them up there we wanted kind of like um what's the kubrick movie with the masks, uh, the last one he did before he died. Eyes wide it's, shut. Eyes wide shut. Like just that creepiness when you walk in a room and there's people looking at you with masks. So that was the idea with with those guys. So yeah, but they're definitely masks. So I'll, I'll send you some photos of what it actually looks like the suit. Oh yeah, that'd be rad. Those yeah. were cool. I yeah. also was uh, was it like a? I felt there was uh, like an ode to the Nautilus. Um, oh yeah, totally. Uh, that was hard not to see. And then, um, I love the, uh, I wrote it down when I heard it. Um, well, first of all, I love the, that it starts like in media res. I think that's, that's one of my favorite storytelling techniques anyway. And the, it actually happens a couple of times throughout the film where, where you jump through time. Um, when Marlo is, uh, uh, are you, are you a Bioshock fan by the way? I've never I played, just getting I've ready never, to ask. I've that. never played Bioshock in my life. Oh man! Well, because yeah. it You're... the 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 uh, the underwater like the scuba suit. Submer- that's that's, yeah, a big, that's, a, that's a big. That's a that's a. Is that like a big daddy from Bioshock? Yeah, it looks like yeah. that. Looks like it's like magnificently right out of Bioshock. Not even in like the like. It, it's obviously its own thing, but it's just got that perfect draw to it that I I, I really enjoy so, from so- uh, that style. So I'll, t- I'll tell you the history of that. So in 1887, I, I believe it's 1887 or 1885, there was two brothers in France called the Carmenol brothers. And they mm-hmm. were like the early pioneers of atmospheric suits. And they created that suit. So it's an exact copy of that suit that sits in the Nautical Museum in Paris. So and cool. it's, a, it's an 850-pound suit that they used one time. You had to get welded into the suit. And the only thing keeping water from coming in is the friction of metal plates rubbing against each other. 
So they br- put it into the water and they realized this was a fucking death trap. <laughs> used it again. And that's what, I guess, Bioshock used the helmet. As there we go. For their, for their big daddy. Okay. So that makes sense. If we, as we move on to the next phase of this, the one thing we're going to change without a doubt is that helmet. Even though we, we use that helmet to be historically accurate. I hate I hate it when people go, "Oh, you guys are so talented, but why did you rip off Bioshock?" We're like, "Fuck, we didn't <laughs> we didn't rip off Bioshock." We're like geeky so about the history of the suit, you know? They were like, "Fuck, we should have just done something else." So we've actually been working with with uh, that same artist that did the mask, the Indian mask, to redesign the suit for for the for the future project. Uh, that's really cool though. So what, where are you wanting to go with this project? Are you wanting to do a series with this? Are you wanting to do longer, like another longer length feature, like feature project for this or? So we, when we, when we signed to CAA, we, we, um, they, they got us in, in touch with some pretty incredible producers and we just recently optioned the project up. So we're, we're turning it into a feature film now. So it'll, wow! Yeah, yeah. So it'll be a nice you know, budget film. It's not going to be, we're not going to shoot this in our house, basically. Congratulations, uh, man! That's, that's rad. Yeah, well done. Yeah, it's it's super exciting. It's still super scary because it just feels unreal still. Right. You know, it's not like you're rolling in money and you're like, hell yeah, we sold this and go buy a Ferrari. It's like, you know, the thing now has to get made. So, and that's that's a whole other process. So we're we're holding. Are you gonna? Are you going to do the, the script? Are you going to write all that stuff yourself? Well, that's what, that's what your... we wrote in Santa Monica today. We, we wrote a 62-page outline, and we're, we were interviewing uh, a potential writer today who is a pretty awesome writer. He's, he's done some incredible films that I think uh, you guys will be excited about because he's pretty awesome. So we're Already we're, excited. Yeah, we're we're really hoping that he he ends up saying yes. So we met him today. He's excited about it. So we're hoping that's that's our guy. Yeah. It's so damn rare right now to get any kind of movie that's new or different or just you know fresh and good lord. Original. So just the idea that uh, something that we got kind of so excited about and are are getting to hear how it came to be. The idea that it's going to be. Greenlit into something else is. Uh, I mean, we that's still have to look forward to. You know, like getting that's one of the things that kind of freaked us out when we started getting into this. When you realize you're like, okay, um, you get it, you get an agent, like your life is made, and then you realize that doesn't really mean much. It just means you're kind of in the ballpark. Okay, now the studios give you give you a script to do, or, or something is under development. Oh my God, your life is set. You realize development doesn't mean anything. Like every stu- every production company has forty things under development. Sure. Right. And then you you know you start learning more and more of the stuff, and it just becomes a terrifying thing. So we're excited as hell. We hope this thing gets made, but you know we're we're very cautious about being too excited. <laughs> well, well as, uh, as early as early contributors to to your bottom line there, if you need to substitute the sticks. And just put hats on random people in the background. <laughs> we got we got you covered. Right, Mark us covered, down for four for sure. spots for you random guys hats. You're all in. I, I gotta say Perfect. it's uh, down. Um, 
the the visual of it aside, um, the story is compelling. Uh, the the dialogue is the dialogue is good. Great, I shouldn't say good. It's a uh, you have you know I don't know uh, who's the good guy, who's the bad guy uh, of all three parties in the film. Um, it uh, it had me from from the get go. I love cryptozoology. I've been saying I actually think I made a prediction earlier last season that at some point we'd talk about cryptozoology on this show, and I think we maybe have just finally came to fruition. Um, uh, it was a long con. It was a very long con. You're welcome. The thing the the one thing that stuck out to me the most, and I loved it so much, I wrote it down, and it's it's about ready to become my current Facebook status is um, all truths are easy to understand once they are discovered. The point is to discover them. I love that. And that was, uh, that was really a cool line in your, in your film. Oh, thank you. We stole that from somebody. I just forget who it was right now. I, I'm, I'm crediting you. <laughs> yeah. We'll take the credit, but we stole it from some philosopher or something. So. Well, fuck them. <laughs> Fuck them. But yeah, I mean, it fit perfectly with what we were trying to do. We're like, hey, you can't make a better quote than that. So we took it. So we'll just take it. I like it. I don't I have no problem with it. Yeah. Uh, the, in terms of cryptozoology, like the time period that we made this in, 1911, is like the perfect time for cryptozoology. So I don't know how much you guys know about cryptozoology, but that's kind of the time when they found like the Okapi. The Okapi was found in 1901, and that was a really big deal. That was like finding a unicorn. You know, that is the last creature that's been found that was considered a mythological creature up until that point. So there was uh, engravings of it in, in Iran, and people just assumed it was a, a fictitious creature. And when they found it, they're like, holy shit, there it is. And of course, the first thing they did was they shot it. So we really wanted to put that in there. And in the feature version, we really want to show when this thing was caught. And we, we think it's a very important part to show in the film, which we just couldn't afford to do a Congo expedition, even though we considered it. We actually looked at the of Congo. <laughs> and I'll tell you the reason why we ended up not doing it is right when we were about to do it, there was an Okapi sanctuary that got attacked by a bunch of rebels and they killed all the okapi and all the personnel that work there and we're like really? oh, you know what let's just not go to fucking yeah that's well, yeah I, that's brutal. I know that. i know there's two okapis in uh orlando florida at yeah. uh, the uh, the disney park there it is my son's favorite 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 animal yeah um he loves the okapi it looks like a, do you guys remember the wuzzles yeah, it's a wuzzle. It's a wuzzle. Fuck yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. It's a wuzzle. Yeah, it makes no sense. It's a horse with a zebra with a giraffe. It's just the weirdest creature ever. It's a weird creature. It's and seeing one, actually seeing one, because we went we went to Orlando uh, to take him to the animal park because he loves okapis, and and we knew there was one there. And we went on the the safari ride, and it just so happens that like within the first two animals on this tour is the okapi and yeah. and we came around the corner i mean he cried we came around the corner there it was bang and he's i mean he's eight years old he loves these fucking animals and there it is and it's a big I mean, it's a big animal it's not something tiny it's yeah uh i bet it's six feet at the shoulder six and a half feet at the shoulder yeah um and it is it's a giraffe llama horse zebra dog <laughs> yeah. 
It's a fucking yeah. weird animal. <laughs> it's amazing. So yeah, so that's you know cryptozoology. That's 1901. So we're like let's 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 do it 1901 because how could we do an adventure film or a cryptozoology film in in 2017? There's just the technology just kills all the magic, right? If you're doing an adventure film and you have a cell phone, fucking sucks. Sucks. Because if you get lost, you just Google search where you're at. If you if you see something and you think it's the Nino, you could do like a a photo search and you realize it's a skinny manatee or something. You know, it just sucks. You just never there's no magic to it. So we're like, let's make it take place turn of the century and let's tie in the early stages of conservation which a lot of people including myself wasn't wasn't aware of like what is what we see as modern conservation and national parks and all that stuff in the turn of the century all these museums realized that these animals were getting wiped out so they started sending out their own staff to Africa to kill elephants and other animals so that in 2017 we would know what an elephant looks like because there was no doubt that they were going to go extinct. So wow. that's conservation. Let's kill them and let's put them in a museum so we would know what an elephant looks like. That was modern conservation, not not that let's let's capture time, yeah. the let not, let's not let's capture the animal and bring it home alive. The original thought was we need to conserve we need to conserve by killing them so we can stuff them, put them in a museum, and then that way we could we would know. That was a Kodiak bear. That's that's yeah. crazy. That's crazy shit. That's crazy shit. And what's even crazier is like the president of the United States at the time, uh, Roosevelt, killed 11,400 animals in his trip to, to Africa. And a lot of the stuff he killed is what you see in the, na in the, in the museums, I think in the field and in the, the it's, it's the Smithsonian's, the ones, no, the New York Natural History Museum. A lot of that stuff is Roosevelt stuff. So what's even more interesting is all of these guys that were the most notorious hunters like Roosevelt and this guy called Carl Akeley were the first guys to say, you know what? What about we just create an area where people are not allowed to hunt and we protect the animals and the nature in that area? And those were the guys that basically started the national park systems in the United States and in Africa as well. And they were protecting them protecting the animals from people like themselves because they had this change of heart. And we were like, that's a pretty cool thing, you know, to, to have that change of heart and to want to protect animals. Well, you, and you guys do some, like some fantastic stuff and drawing parallels with that too in your project. Yeah. We tried to tie that all in there. And I really like that. I didn't realize it, but that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. It's ama so amazing what you can cram into 27 minutes. I'm saying, I think we, you know, I can't wait to do the longer form because we want to show a lot of this stuff more clearly. We want to get into all of this stuff a lot more, but we just we we really had to treat it as a, as a singular episode. Sure, but yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's. I, mean, I did. Yeah. If if anything, I I did not. Under, I didn't. I think you know you think conservatism of animals, and you think the exact opposite of killing them and that's <laughs> that's that's fucking crazy it's crazy huh yeah it really is yeah and it's what's even crazier is when you think about the fact that it's the president the fucking president going to africa and kill killing these things like can you imagine if any president nowadays would kill a fucking raccoon i mean there'd be an uproar <laughs> oh yeah so hey 
photos of Roosevelt with an elephant, with a rhino, with a, a you know, I mean, pick everything, fucking things, yeah. And I gotta, yeah. I, 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 I like you. You're, you're, you were a guy. I, I'm really into. I like the cut of your jib. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't know we were kindred spirits until you said raccoon. See, because <laughs> I don't like it when people say raccoon. It's raccoon. It's raccoon. God yeah. damn it. So bless yeah. you. I raised my glass of bourbon to you, friend. Thank it's you. still a miserable attic vermin, no matter how, how you choose to <laughs> enunciate it. So They're brilliant. They're Trash brilliant. pandas. Yeah, I Creature love you. made for kicking. <laughs> uh uh, Miguel, I, at the at the end of our shows, we do this thing. We call it the. Do we call it Geek Weekly? As we call it, right? Usually, yeah. And and it's where we talk about the thing or the things we've been geeking on this week. And uh, as our esteemed guest, you can either go first or you can go last. It's up to I, you. I, I just saw the Disaster Artist. Oh, did Ooh. did you? Is yeah. it good? You know, I love it because one of my favorite movies is Ed Wood. Sure. So I just love movies about people that try really hard and fail. I think <laughs> some wonderful Wait till you see me, my short story that I'm producing. Well, yeah, we'll make a movie out of it one day. But maybe it's because I, I have that fear of that happening to me. And I just see movies like Ed Wood and I see the disaster artist. And I'm like, fuck, man. This guy gave it as much his all as anybody that made a masterpiece did. And he just fucking sucked. There's something, yeah. there's something beautifully sad about that. So I, 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 I had a, I had a blast with it. I thought it was great. It's not How, great, but it's, it's, it's great. Uh, there, there's, uh, there's talk of, of a possible, uh, Franco Rogan, uh, Oscar nomination. It's a great cast. It's an amazing cast. I actually thought his brother was fantastic too. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Oh, uh, was it the not? Dave. Dave. Yeah, See, Dave. I, I, I live in bumfuck Indiana, and I got to drive like 125 miles to find a theater that is even playing it. And I'm, I'm on the cusp of doing just that because I, I love the room. Yeah. It is, it, is, it is the trash film of trash films. It's pretty out there for sure. And, and, of course, James Franco decides to do a movie on the making of that movie. And it's it's such a meta James Franco-esque Hollywood move. And I would love to see I'd love to see them win like best director for the disaster artist. That would be that would be <laughs> that would be the most palpably ironic. Oh, it thing would ever. it would break it would break the academy in half and it would be wonderful. And uh yeah. Wow. You really it, you really walk out of the theater and I'm not going to spoil anything because really there's nothing to spoil. If you've seen the room, you've already seen the best parts of it. <laughs> but really I mean, at the end of the day, that guy succeeded, right? I mean, there sure. here is a Hollywood film being made about his movie. We're, we've all seen the room. I mean, fuck, he failed in many ways, but not really or or, or Ed Wood, you know, here we have a movie made by one of our great <laughs> Oh, awesome. Did did uh how how long is the take of the uh like the rooftop scene? The, I I did not hit her. I did not. I Oh, oh, hi, oh hi Mark. Oh hi Mark. 
I love that scene for many reasons too, because just the, you know it's all shot with a green screen, and you just look sure. at it. And you're like, Why the hell did you shoot that on a green screen? I mean, <laughs> shoot that up on on a, on a you know on a real roof. But what's amazing is when you see how many takes they did, you're like, oh, that makes sense. You would have been up there for the entire fucking day to get one single shot. Awesome. But yeah, it, it's it's fantastic. Well, that's that's oh. good to hear. I uh, I love that. And actually, I you're a unique person. I think that can answer this question. Um, we've been talking a lot about on uh, on our uh, this podcast is part of a greater podcast. It's the it's the uh, one of the shows on the Movie Podcast Network. And we talk a lot about the the Academy and how uh, the Academy Awards is is desperately in need of adding adding um, uh, categories. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, do you um, do do you believe that there should be any categories added uh, to the Academy or to the to the Oscars? Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you see something like Life of Pi win Best Cinematography or Avatar win Best Cinematography, and the guys that did the digital cinematography are not getting anything, right? They're not getting paid. They're not getting insurance benefits. They're not getting shit. But, you know, the movie is 90% digital. Sure. That's just that's just wrong, no matter how you, you, you think of it. It's just... It's just this was not all shot by one person. This was done on the computer. There should be a, a, sec, a second category for that. And the same goes when you see something like Caesar and Planet of the Apes. And should that win, should Andy Serkis himself win Best Actor? Definitely not. That's a whole team yeah. effort. It's not just one person. Let me tell you that. Like, they, they, it's easier to sell it by saying one person does it all in its motion capture. But anybody that works in the industry knows that a hundred animators had to go in and fix all the stuff that he did and add all the, the, the subtlety that would never get picked up by a motion capture system. So there's so much more work than just the way it's sold, like, oh, it's digital makeup. That's the biggest bullshit you'll ever be told. It's not. Okay. So, yeah. So there's there should be some there should be uh, awards given to uh, digital effects teams, digital for, effects for teams. what they do. Sure. sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I had no idea they were left out of that equation. I assumed yeah. when they say cinematography, they kind of meant all facets. So no, not at all. That's educational. So you think about it like a lot of the visual most most if not every visual effects artist is not part of a union union so they're not getting any residuals none of them are getting insurance benefits none of them are getting anything so it's kind of messed up you know that was the whole controversy with life of pi when it won the academy award for best visual effects a week later the company that won the academy award went out of business that's not that's that can't be right you know that's yeah, that ain't cool thing. yeah so clearly uh it's it's a uh, it needs a little bit more respect and appreciation, I think. So, yeah. thanks, thanks for your candid answer. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, Rob, what are you geeking on this week? Uh, so, I recently started uh, Runaways on Hulu. Uh, it's Marvel's project that's up on there, and it's a little slow going at first, 
but I'm on like uh, episode four now or so, and things are starting to pick up. It's really, really cool, actually. Uh, so I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the original Runaways comics. Probably not. Okay. So uh, it's uh, based on, uh, it's focused on a group of kids who are the children of supervillains. And they find out that their parents are supervillains, and they all freak out, and they run away and try to, you know, lead a life of doing good and using their superpowers and shit or whatever the fuck happened to them uh, to the betterment of mankind. So they take quite a bit of liberties with this one. Uh, there are some superpowers, but it's not, like, overtly super, like, people aren't flying around and shooting laser beams out of their eyes. Um, so it's a, it's a tastefully grounded superhero story, I think, uh, with the exception of the fact that there is also a Velociraptor. So I would really recommend it. (laughs) Fucking excellent. A little slow going at first, but it's, it's really, really cool. Suddenly Velociraptor. Yeah, just suddenly a Velociraptor. Like they tease it in every episode during the first couple of, like, the first couple of episodes. Is it a photography raptor? It is not a photographer raptor. That's that my favorite raptor. Yet. It could be. I think it might be more of a Velociraptor. Tastefully but. grounded superheroes could also be possible show title for this week. No, the show title for this week is is uh, like Ewoks, comma, fuck them. I think that's <laughs> <laughs> that's probably what we're going with. Ewoks are cool. Nice. <laughs> Nick, what about you? Uh, I am still half-ass geeking my way through mind hunters um that's been my uh my very very slow jam uh this week um busy but i i'm watching it with the wife and like it was like i said it was slow to build but i think we're on episode four or five now and um kind of starting to get into the in the meat of it and i'm pretty riveted by it um that sort of, that sort of stuff that. is uh, is kind of right up my alley. So um, limited geek time, but uh, enjoying that and looking forward to hopefully getting that finished up this week. Loving me some Mind Hunter, uh, right guy? How about yourself? Uh, as we talked about in the uh, opening part of the show, um, I was at deer camp this weekend. Uh, I'm not a deer hunter, but uh, I did get to give my new 45. Uh, lever action uh, rifle a spin, which I haven't shot yet uh, until this weekend. And um, boy, I really enjoy doing that. And uh, I've got about uh, 40 coyotes on my property that need to go away if I'm ever going to see any pheasant or rabbit. So uh, it was nice to get that tuned in. Uh, And then tonight was uh, my oldest first official basketball practice uh, where he's actually playing uh, not in some like a uh, Gus Macker league, but actually like for his school. Um, so that was cool. And uh, it's, it's third and fourth graders on one team. It's a Catholic school. And uh, it was cool to see him win a game and knockout, which really gave him some confidence, which is cool. So I'm, I was uh, pretty stoked about that tonight. So uh, shooting coyotes and uh, youth basketball, weird combination. <laughs> nice. Perfect. So, Miguel, thank you uh, a ton for coming on and uh, hanging out with us. And we loved, we loved your film and uh, super excited for you going forward. 
Thank you, guys. Uh, yeah, I'll let you know uh, when we move uh, forward with the next phase. And Oh, hell yeah. Please do. Oh, we'd love to talk to you again down the road whenever that uh, gets up and running. Yeah, we appreciate. Uh, we saw the tweets and everything, so thank you so much. No problem, We'll be man. following it with bated breath, so good luck with this and any other projects on the, on the near horizon. Thank you, guys. It's been fun. Thanks. With that, ladies and gentlemen, I think that's a wrap for this evening. There may be some plugs. There's always plugs in the banana stand. If there's not, you know what to do. Plug yourself. 210,000 plugs. Nico here. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Chap Snatter, and listen to our twats. And especially from Rob Bass, he will keep you up to date on all the latest and greatest going on with the show. Also, follow us on YouTube, iTunes, and RedTube. The five stars. We love you. Hello, this is Sherlock Holmes. If you can't get enough Cartoon Joe, check out him. Check him out on this this freaking show podcast on uh, Saturday mornings at eleven a.m. Get on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash geekcastlive for special content, perks, and that warm, fuzzy feeling that you're doing something awesome and helping out our podcast. We wouldn't be anywhere without you guys, and we look forward to bringing you geeky content for a long time to come.